First Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, 11, and 20 will be the text that we will be reading together with First Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 10. This is a, a special shout out for all the mothers out there. Five important lessons that we learn from this mother, this woman called Hannah. And I know we have a lot of Hannahs in the house here. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, 11, 20, it reads, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Verse 20. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Then in chapter 2, Hannah is praying now a triumphant prayer. In chapter 1, he was praying for a child. She was in sorrow. Now she's praying the triumphant prayer. It reads, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord the horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There's no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows. And by him deeds are weighed. He bows. The, the bows of the warriors are broken. But those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food. But those who are hungry hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children. But she who had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth and he humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and leaves the needy from the edge heap. He sits them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. He will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. May the Lord bless the reading of his word again. Hannah's story is one, I believe, of the most well-known stories in the Bible. I love the fact that the Bible is filled with so many stories 
stories of faith-filled women who were mentioned in the Bible. This woman, Hannah, was longing for a child. She was going through a dark season. This situation of not having a child. We know countless women and men oftentimes have read the story of Hannah and have thought about their life. Because you see, at that time in Bible days, not having children brought deep shame, not only to the family, but deep shame to the woman as well. It's very unfortunate that these practices are perpetuated, sometimes even in the time that we live in. We do know from medical science that sometimes the reason for not conception taking place, it could be that the man is the one who is unable to produce enough sperm so that the eggs can be fertilized. Or there could be other conditions that are there. But here it was in Hannah's day. She bore this burden alone. So burdened by what happened. Because of course in those days and even now, children are counted as a blessing. And therefore to encounter infertility was a different burden for couples to bear. I want to encourage those of you couples out there who may be having challenges in conception and in having children to know that you are not less than anyone else. God doesn't love you any less than anybody else. Yes, we will pray, we will go for medical care, we will do all that we can. But if at the end of it all, you are not able to have children, never look at yourself and start digging around to see what wrong have you done. Please be encouraged in knowing that your grief and your anguish, God understands. Some couples find it in themselves to say, okay, now that we are not able to have children of our own, there's lots of children out there who need a good home. And if God so grants you that desire, and if you believe you are able to, there are many children out there who are looking for a home. If I was younger, I think I would adopt because I really love children a lot. But say, who did you know? I make you meet and a halavan pizza But there are couples who go through this grief and journey of infertility and they feel very helpless and they feel a sense of loss. Let me remind you today that God never forgets to work on our behalf. And God never ignores anything that we say. In the case of Hannah, she prayed these deep prayers. Prayers characterized by anguish and pain. Often, many times, God does work. And of course, God's ways are always higher than our ways. And God does things in a different way. And so there's five ways that Hannah's faith, I believe, can help strengthen your faith and my faith. This woman called Hannah, what she did and what we, how she lived will really encourage us. The first thing we note is that the first thing Hannah did was she knew where to take her problems. That's very important. She knew where to take her problems. She took her problems straight to God in prayer. 
We learn that. Sometimes when we go through problems, we talk to everybody else and go everywhere else but to God himself. It says there in verse 10 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. God has an open invitation to you and an open invitation to me for us to bring our problems to him. In the first service, I was sharing about the subject of peace, how that God invites us that in times of worry and anxiety, instead of looking for answers everywhere else, let's come to God with our problems because God understands our problems. The Bible says, do not be anxious for anything. Do not worry. Do not have anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And God gives us a promise. He says, if you do that, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Take your problems to God. Peter says, cast all your cares, all your worries, all your anxieties unto him, for he cares for you. God says to you, call unto me, and I will answer you. Jeremiah 33.3, you know, it's it's the dialing number. It's the SMS number. It's the WhatsApp number. 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you. Hannah knew where to take her problems. In this chapter, it tells us that Hannah had come up to the house of the Lord year after year. There are times when there are certain things that we need to decide we are going to stay on the path of prayer year after year. And this woman and her husband often sacrifices to God. And in spite of suffering ridicule under the actions of Penina, which was Elkanah's other wife, in spite of the mockery and everything she was going through, this woman never stopped coming into the house of the Lord. See, there are times when you are praying and your prayers seem not to be answered. There are times when you are doing all that is correct, but the outcome of your life does not reflect all the efforts and all the godliness that you put in there. What I love about this woman, she didn't stop what she did. The big question I want to ask you is this. How desperate are you to get your prayers answered by God? This woman was in a desperate situation. She had come before God, laid her heart bare before God. All she longed for was a child. I don't know if you've ever been there where you have every other thing, but the one thing that you need the most, you are not getting. And everything else that is there, in spite of the fact that you have everything else, but that this one thing, when you think about it, it sours your day. That's the situation this woman was in. A husband who was there, who wanted to do the right thing. A husband who loved her to a point that her husband, Elkanah, once told her, I love you much more. Even 10 men would never love you like I can. He said, I can do all kinds of things for you. I will go as far. You are my bride. You are my 
chocolate. You are my wife. You are my sweetheart. You know, Ungshaya Ting Tong. But in spite of all of that, there was this one thing she needed. The one thing she needed that she couldn't take. A husband who wanted to do what is right. A husband who loved her, took care of his bride. But in spite of that, they had absolutely no control over giving her the child for which she desperately longed for. But the truth is this. It wasn't up to both of them to get a child. It was a situation that no matter how desperate, how broken they seemed to be, they couldn't solve this situation. See, sometimes we mistakenly think that we can sort out certain things. And sometimes we move into condemnation and think that we have done something awful. We have done something wrong. And why is God doing this to us? But that kind of mindset moves us away from God. That kind of thinking is what causes people to stop praying, to stop coming to church, to stop serving God. Because they point at themselves. They find fault in themselves instead of going to God. But they didn't understand that every situation, God has a timing and God knows what he is doing. Because that verse says in verse 5 and verse 6, it says the reason she was not bearing children is because God had closed up her womb. Now whether God was the cause of it, or that God allowed it, whether this verse is written in the causative tense or the permissive tense, that's not going to be my focus. But I, what, what I wish to point out is that even in this difficult situation, God still had a plan. Even in your difficult situation, God still has a plan. God hasn't forgotten about you. God is not looking away. God is aware of exactly where you are. It's very interesting that even if she was not conceiving at the time that she wanted, God knew that his timing would be right. Samuel needed to be born at a crucial time in history. Not sooner, not later. He needed for Hannah to be in a place for where she was willing to allow someone to be brought in to the prophet Eli and to be raised as a priest. And so God delayed things so that this son, this child could be born at the right time. You see, God's purposes are far greater than any other thing. God's purposes were far greater than what Hannah wanted to have. God had a plan. He wanted somewhere to be at the right place at the right time throughout all the years. You are praying right now and it seems like God is not hearing. It seems like God is not listening. Let us learn from Hannah. God is going to answer at the right time. He will not be one day late. He will not be one minute late. Yours is to keep on being faithful. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Keep on being faithful. Even if you are not seeing any fruit and you are not seeing any results, keep on being faithful. Second lesson we learn from Hannah. In her brokenness and her pain, the Bible tells us Hannah trusted God's power and God's ability to work on her behalf. It tells us, it says there, and she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor will even be used on his head. That's in verse 11. 
So Hannah trusted that God was able to do this miracle for which she asked. He knew that God was the only one who could hear her prayer and bring an answer to her longing. You see, Hannah was a woman of great prayer. See, when she prayed, it wasn't a nice little neat prayer. It was a prayer that was a gut-wrenching, heartfelt, dedicated prayer. It was that kind of prayer we read about in the book of James, where it says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. See, Basalana, there comes a time when we have to stop playing church. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. There comes a time when you have to stop praying these little nice prayers. You got to get busy and be strong and be bold and come and be desperate before God. This woman made up her mind. God is my only source. God is my only answer. I will not turn to anything else but to God. And so she prays a prayer in this holy moment, a heartfelt cry, a prayer filled with deep emotions and grief, a prayer filled with anguish, pouring out her soul before the Lord. She was so consumed in this prayer that even when the priest Eli came into the temple and looked over as this woman was praying, she wasn't aware of it. See, it's that kind of praying where you are, all, you are oblivious of everything else around you and you are so conscious of the God that you are praying to. She wasn't even by way. She didn't even care how she looked like. She wasn't even thinking about anyone who's going to think about why are you doing this. Probably she didn't even worry if the tears stained her face. She was humbled, broken. She knew only one way. To find relief in God and God alone. See, Jesus said, knock, it shall be open. Ask and it shall receive. And then he says, seek and it shall find. Listen to what he says. He says, everyone who knocks, the door shall be opened. Here's the question. When the door doesn't get open, is it that God has changed his mind? I'll tell you, no. Maybe we are not seeking as desperately as he told us to seek. In fact, we are told by Bible scholars that the sentence construction there reads, knock and keep on knocking and the doors shall be open. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Ask and keep on asking and you, it will be given to you. Hannah was determined. I'm going to pray until I get a breakthrough. You know, today we live in a first world where people don't know how to pray for breakthroughs anymore. We live in a fast-paced world where our attention span is very short. We have an attention deficit syndrome, many of us. We just don't know how to stay with it. But we learn from this woman that God is able to answer. And it's up to you to stay on in the presence of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? amen. The third thing we learn from Hannah, hey, my time is going. My time is going. She believed God would do what he said he would do. Listen to what she says in verse 18 and verse 20 of First Samuel chapter 1. Then she went her way and ate something. And her face was no longer downcast. This is after the pray. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. Listen to the meaning of the name. Because I 
asked the Lord for him. See, as soon as Hannah was on her way, after the prayer, she was no longer downcast. Hannah understood what Jesus said when he said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, 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 believe you receive them. Believe you receive them. You see, a sign of faith is somebody who believes that God meant what he said. And when you go into the presence of God and you ask God for something, you believe you receive it. As soon as Hannah was on her way, she went home. And when she went home, she was no longer downcast. She knew in her heart that God was at work. Hannah didn't depend on how she felt. She didn't depend on the thunder roaring. She didn't depend on the sun turning. She didn't depend on any emotion. She knew that God is faithful to his word. God give us people who believe what your word says. She had faith in her God. She knew that God is always faithful. Hannah didn't doubt. She didn't worry. In fact, I love it. Verse 19 says that that Hannah came before God and she worshipped the Lord before she left. In verse 19, it says she worshipped him. When you read it, it says she went away, ate nothing. In the course of time she conceived. Then it says she worshipped him. She ate nothing. She wasn't downcast. She worshipped the Lord and then she fell pregnant. In other words, she offered to God a sacrifice of praise. Anybody can praise when they have the answer in their hands. It takes a lot of faith to praise when you don't see anything. It takes a lot of faith to raise your hands in church when you're going through a storm and when you're going through a difficult time, when it looks like things are going south. It takes a lot of faith to wake up in the morning and go to church when it looks like all hell has broken loose. Do we have some hunters in the house here? This woman shows us that we can give the sacrifice of praise. She shows us you can raise your hands even when it looks like nothing is working. The Bible doesn't tell us how long exactly it took for her. But maybe her faith, we don't know how long it took, but her faith was tested. But the Bible tells us that in the course of time, in the appointed time, God gave her the miracle. I see your miracle coming in the course of time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God did a miracle in Hannah's life and she conceived and bore a child. Number four, Hannah was faithful and strong to uphold her end of the prayer as a commitment to God's plan and sovereignty. It says there in verse 24 to verse 28, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given to the Lord. My goodness. My goodness. Think about it, Bazalana. This is the first child. First child. That she is giving away. The Bible doesn't speak about Hannah's emotions at this point. But any of you mothers... I believe you would agree the incredible heart-wrenching she must have felt. 
to give away a child she had waited for so long and leave her at the temple and walk away. We are told by Bible historians that Samuel at this time must have been around three years of age. But Hannah didn't waver. She didn't run away and tell God it's too difficult to let go. She didn't change her mind or she didn't forget what God has done. You know, I was thinking about it this morning and I've thought about it so many times. How often times when God gives people what they're asking for, they forget to come back and say thank you. When our life is working, we sometimes forget the path that God has taken us through. This woman didn't run away and tell God it was difficult to let go. In her deepest heart, probably she must have known and believed that God's purposes for her child are far greater than her. She knew, I've got to let go of him. I've got to place this child securely in God's loving care. And she was obedient and faithful to her word. God help us to learn that when he starts blessing us, we don't get attached to the blessing and forget the one who has blessed us. We don't run for the provision and cling to the provision and forget about the provider. Hannah teaches us that. That when God blesses us, we rejoice over what we have received. But we keep things in their rightful place. God is the source of everything. And number five. This woman who never allowed her pain and her brokenness to have a final say. This woman who knew that there was great power in prayer. There was purpose in waiting. This woman who visited this child regularly. The Bible tells us God gave her five more children because of that. This woman who never allowed her pain and brokenness to have the final say. This woman who always gave more and knew that God blesses. This woman who never substituted the blessing in the place of God. Number five, we are told, she gave praise to God for the way God had worked. Chapter two, verse one and two says, then Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies for I delight in your deliverance. There's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. This beautiful anointed prayer of Hannah, very interesting, is very similar to the prayer that Mary prayed in Luke chapter 1. See, Mary was in a similar position. And her prayer became a similar kind of prayer. It's a prayer and a praise that is given to a God who works. I believe when this woman spoke, it was not anything that was scripted. It wasn't something that she wrote down, but it was an expression and an extension of how she felt in her heart. See, it's almost like when you tell someone that you love, how much you love them. You just pause from your heart. You become poetic from nowhere. And this is the way it was, because these two women, their pregnancies and the births of their sons, very interesting enough, wasn't just for them, but they were carrying children who would impact people and impact nations and nations of the world. Know this. Whatever you have struggled for in prayer, when that baby is born, whether it's a baby called a business, a baby called a school, a baby called a church, a baby called a mission, 
Babies who were born under difficulties, conceived under challenges, very often it is those kind of babies that bring an impact into the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And both of these women, they are babies, transformed the destinies of nations and the destinies of the world. Samuel became a priest and he became a prophet and he became a counselor. And finally, Samuel became Israel's greatest judge. Here's my question to you. What is your struggle? What area is it that you are believing God to have fruitfulness and conception in? What is this one area in your life when you look at it, it is not where it's supposed to be. And there you are on your knees before God, just like Hannah, praying so hard, praying and agonizing. But you see, that baby is on the way for in the fullness of time, God's going to give you your child. But with the day you get your child, will you give praise to God? Will you give honor to God? Will you be faithful to the things that you said to God when you are asking for the child? And when the dream gets born, will you still turn to God and thank God and say, thank you for the dream. Mara, I am attached to you, my God. But you, will you also understand that that baby who is born is born for the benefit of the world? born for the benefit of the nations of the world. What is it that you are praying about today that you are needing before the Lord? Maybe your bitterness of soul may not be a physical baby like Hannah. But what is it that when you look at your life it brings bitterness of soul? See, instead of being angry, instead of being vengeful, instead of looking around and blaming yourself, why don't you go before God? Because God is the only one who can answer you. God is the only one who understands what your problem is. He understands what you need. You can do what Hannah did. I want to invite you right at home, where you are, just where you are, it doesn't matter where you are, to take this just few moments as a holy moment to come before the Lord. I'm going to pray for you right now. And if you don't know Christ as Savior and Lord, this is your time to invite Jesus to come into your heart. Everybody begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.